0: God bless you as you listen
1: Praise the Lord Clap your hands unto Jesus once again Amen and Amen and Amen Lift up your hands unto the
2: Lord Yeah it can Nyame power I am fire with you so so my
1: name, of God. We ascribe all the glory, all the honor, all the worship, and all the praise to you. Thank you, Father, for this house. Thank you, Father, for this church. Thank you, Father, for this fellowship of the brethren. And thank you for this gathering this morning. We are not here today. We've not gathered today because of any man, because of any woman, because of any physical thing. But we've gathered before you. For you are our everything, you are our God. You give us meaning and purpose and direction for our lives. Now this morning we yield unto you, we surrender unto you, and we prepare ourselves and prepare our hearts to receive your word. Let your word, O God, be released this morning. I pray that you will anoint my lips. Let me declare as it were your very oracles. May your word come to inspire. May your word come to instruct. May your word come to rebuke. May your word come to correct. May your word impart wisdom unto us today. I thank you for everybody listening this morning, watching wherever they are. I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit will touch everyone today. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen.
2: Amen.
1: Clap unto the Lord once Both again. Celebrated. God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Alright. God bless you. Thank you very much for being here today. I don't take you for granted at all. And I don't Take it as a matter of course that by all means you should be here. Because you see, as a child of God, you have a choice, and you have liberty. You have the freedom to decide where you want to be. And nobody should be able to take that right away from you. So the Bible says Stand firm in the liberty Wherewith Christ has set you free And so I believe that by choice You are here this morning I don't take it for granted And I want to say Thank you for being in church today Clap Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus Turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 15. Am I good? I'm okay? Everything alright? Alright. John chapter 15, and reading from verse 16. John 15, 16. And this is what the Word of God says just so I can be sure that you are here why don't we read it together is it a good idea so let's take it together John 15 16 and let's take it ready go you have not chosen me Mm -hmm. but I have chosen you Mm -hmm. and ordained you Mm -hmm. that that you should should go and and bring forth fruit And And that that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask ask of the the Father Father in my name, He may may give it you. you. Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. May God give to you anything that you ask Him in the name of Jesus. Amen. May God answer all your prayers. Amen. If there is something you've asked God for and you are not yet to see it. I pray that it'll be manifested speedily amen in may this week be a special week of testimony amen for you. may this week be the week that you see the miracle that you've been waiting amen for. may this week be a week of good news amen and may God bring you to a turning point in your life Amen If you believe it, shout, I receive it three I times receive it Two I receive it Three I receive it Clap your hands on the Lord Hallelujah Turn with me to another opening of scripture This time Second Corinthians chapter 5 Second Corinthians chapter 5 reading from verse 17 we are reading from verse 17 to verse 20 and this time I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible this This is what it says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, now you see me. Now you don't. Tell your neighbor, it's the title of a horror film. Tell your neighbor, this old life is gone. Tell your neighbor, the old life is gone. And a new life has begun. So don't be deceived. I am not a saint. I am new. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. It continues and says, and all of this is a gift from God. Who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. I want to read that again. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ... Reconciling the world to himself No longer counting people's sins against them And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation So we are Christ's ambassadors Tell your neighbor I am an ambassador Tell your neighbor I'm an ambassador So tell the person that please The next time you see me Also call me honorable Because I'm an ambassador Hallelujah Amen. Introduce yourself to your neighbor again And tell my name is ambassador Then you add your name Go ahead ambassador You see there are some names they don't go well with the title ambassador. <laughs> ambassador Bedemushi. That sounds powerful, is that not so? What does Gbdemoshi mean? My big brother used to call me that, and up to today, I don't know why he used to call me that. It says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead come back to God now can we look at this scripture again this time from the King James version of the Bible therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things have become new uh-huh. Verse 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by by Jesus Christ. And have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Tell your neighbor, I have a ministry. And so I am a minister. I have work to do for the Lord Jesus, Amen, Jesus and for the kingdom of God Amen. verse 19 to wait that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation next verse Now then we are ambassadors for Christ As though God did beseech you by us We pray you in Christ's stead Be ye reconciled to God. And then verse 21. For ye have made him to be sent for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Amen. It is a well known fact that. Generally speaking when people really understand the reasons why they must do certain things they end up doing those things well how many understand that and so when people know and really understand the reasons for certain things they tend to respond or react in a better way to those things. So for example, when people really get to understand why a good education is valuable, then they tend to take their education more seriously. Some of us did not take our education seriously. Because you told yourself that my father has a cocoa farm. When he dies, so, the farm will become mine. And so when you were in school, instead of learning, you were fooling around. Running away from school, going to all sorts of places. You hear that Skyhawks is in town. Do you know Skyhawks? You don't know Skyhawks? Skyhawks was a um, um, a band, if you like. A music group. they go to places to go and play music. And then people will gather and dance. I used to go some. At a place called Riz Hotel. And we'll go at night. Go with my big brother. When we go, he'll buy bubra. And give me some to drink. And I will drink. And feel that life is good. When I grew up. I realized that the goodness of life. Is not in the bubra. It is in Jesus Christ our oh, Lord Jesus and Savior. Clap your hands unto God. and so when you understand why education is important (laughs) you tend to take your education more seriously (laughs) when you understand why it is important to invest and save (laughs) you don't chop every money that comes (laughs) your way there are some of you 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 can't find some money and you think that somebody has stolen it? Nobody stole it. You chopped it. I said you did what? What did What do So leave the members of your household alone. You've chopped, 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 you've chopped it all. A lot of Ghanaians do not have um, a saving culture. Ghana Or an investment culture, everything we get our reaction to it is, it's not enough. And so what must I do? I must stop it off. But when you understand that it's important to invest and to save, whatever comes your way, you try and invest part of it. If we bring this into the spiritual realm, this is also very true. And so for example, when Christians really grasp why it is important to pray and fast then generally speaking they tend to respond better to times of prayer if they really understand if believers understand why it is important to give to give offerings and to give tithes, then you find out that they tend to do it well and they tend to do it willingly. Are you understanding everything that I'm trying to point out? To you? And I've said all of this to help you to understand that generally speaking, when people really know and understand the reasons. Why they have to do certain things. They tend to respond and react better to those things. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm sure that you will agree with me. That ever since you were born, the most important experience that you've ever had is becoming born again. How many will agree with me? Or you need some time to think about it and see whether me it is me Well, if you think about it, you realize that your salvation your salvation is the most important experience that you have ever had since since you were born onto this planet. Now if this is true then it means that we need to really understand the reasons for our salvation. And this is in relation to what I said earlier. <laughs> that when you know and understand the reasons for something, you tend to respond and react better to that thing. <laughs> If you are therefore to respond and react properly to your salvation It means that you must really really understand the reasons for your salvation So that you can respond properly to your salvation Can I have an amen from somebody? Amen. Can I have a stronger amen from amen. somebody? Amen And last Sunday, I shared with you some of the most common reasons why you and I were saved. So I told you, for example, that God saved us because of his great love for us. Another reason for our salvation is to deliver us from Satan's stronghold. Another reason why God saved us was to deliver us from the bondage of sin and its consequences. I shared with you a fourth reason, which is that so that we can be made right with God and reconciled to Him. And the last common reason that I gave you is that so we can enjoy eternity with God now these reasons are well known and if somebody were to ask you why God saved you you are likely to mention either one or two or all of these reasons but I tried to point out to you last week that these five reasons are not enough to explain why we have still been left here on earth after our salvation because if these are the only reasons why God saved us then after saving us he should have ejected us out of this world So that better place called heaven Where there are no problems Where there are no issues Over there fuel prices are not increased every week The light never goes up there The water always flows Over there the streets are made of gold I read a story one day of a a certain gentleman who begged God that God, when it is time for me to come to heaven, please allow me to bring anything that I want to bring along. And God granted him his request. So when he died, he carried a potomantu. Do you know a potomantoo? where he carried it to heaven and he met peter at, peter. The, at, the, at the gate of oh. the new jerusalem oh. and peter told him that hey what are you coming said, here with he said yeah we don't come here with anything and he said peter he liked that too much everything you want to spoil it he said go and ask God he gave me express permission to he come here so he was allowed in and everybody was curious that what did he bring to heaven he put his potomanto down and he started to unzip it and when he opened there were bars of gold, gold bars in this potomanto. And all those who saw it, they all exclaimed with one voice, Oh! And then they said to him, You brought pavement? <laughs> That's what you brought to heaven. And I was so why did they say that to him? Because in heaven the streets are made of gold. If it's a heavy one, So the things that are important to you in this life. When you get to heaven, they are nothing. Hallelujah. Amen. So he that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. we must understand the reasons for our salvation. And I was making the point that if the only reasons for our salvation are the five reasons I gave you a short while ago, then it doesn't explain why we are still here. And this world is a very difficult world. Too many struggles. Too many issues. Too many pain. Too many frustrations. If these five reasons are the only reasons why God allowed us to remain here, then it wouldn't make much sense. (laughs) There must be other reasons. I said there must be other reasons. Which will explain why after our salvation, we have been left in this dark world. And so I started sharing with you the other reasons for our salvation. And the first reason that I shared with you. I think I only shared one. Is that God saved us because he has a plan to use us to save others hallelujah amen God saved us <laughs> with the expectation that we will work with him How? to save others now a reason like that can help us to understand why we are still here because God has a plan God has an agenda his agenda is that I have saved you so that I can use you to save others because the way salvation is an angel cannot work out anybody's salvation Even the Holy Spirit himself cannot work out (inaudible) to anybody. It needs a fellow human being (inaudible) to be able to explain effectively to a fellow human being (inaudible) why you must be saved (inaudible) and why you must surrender your life to Jesus. (inaudible) And so in saving you and I, God had a plan. And God had an agenda that he wants to use us to save others. Look at Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30. And earlier on, I read from John 15, 16. And then from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17 to 20. I beg your pardon. First, Second 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 20. Now, those two scriptures explain to us that number one, God has Chosen us and ordained us that we should go and bring forth fruit and that our fruit should remain. That means that God wants to use us to affect other lives. And the fruits that are mentioned there in John 15 16 are not ordinary fruits. Not oranges, not pawpaw, not mangoes, not guava, not alasa, (laughs) nor yoyi, yoyi. nor adon. Now, these fruits that I have mentioned, between you and me, I don't know the English names. (laughs) You know the English name for your ye. Blackberry It's not blackberry. Sean. Sean. It's Sean Blackberry? Do you know Sean? There's this black thing when you eat it it makes your teeth black. Is that one blackberry? Charlie Doc, I'm looking at you because you are my salvation. <laughs> The fruits that Jesus mentioned there in John 15, 16 are not ordinary physical fruits. He's talking about fruits of souls. There is a field of souls that God has saved us so that we can work in those fields. And the harvest is ripe to reap in the souls of men into into the kingdom of God. God. He saved us because he had an agenda that he's going to use us to bear fruits and that the fruits will remain. And in the other scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 17-20, the Bible makes it clear that God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. And that he's made you and I ambassadors. And his intention is to use us to reconcile people to himself. To put it simply, he has given us a responsibility to tell others about Jesus and to save them. I ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. And reading from verse 28 it says come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest now this is an invitation to salvation when you come to Christ he takes your burdens away he saves you and he he, he he causes the things that weigh down heavily on you to be lifted the burden of sin the burden of sickness the burden of sorrow he takes our burdens away But look at what it says in continuation. He says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you now a yoke is another burden and what this scripture is explaining is that God takes away one type of burden and he puts another burden on us so he takes away a burden and then he gives us another burden and that burden that he places on us is the burden of working with him to save others? And so the hymn writer wrote a song and said, A charge to keep, I
2: have, a God to glorify, and never dying soul to save, and fit it for the
1: sky. Go up for me. Next. To serve the
2: present age, my calling to fulfil. Oh, may all my powers engage to do. My masters will go up next, and me with jealous care, ask in thy sight to live. And all thy servants, Lord, prepare a strict account to gain. Now, this is a hymn that was composed
1: by Charles Wesley. Charles Wesley was brother to John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church. And God laid this song on his heart. To send a clear message and signal to every child of God that all of us have a charge to keep. We have a God to glorify, a never dying soul to save. A never dying soul. You see, your soul or your spirit, it never dies. So what he's explaining in this song is that God wants to use us and has given us a charge to save a never-dying soul. And it says, and fit it for the sky. Which means that to ensure that that person ends up in heaven. Because if he doesn't end up in heaven, he will end up in hell. And so God has given us a charge. The third verse says, Arm me with jealous care. In other words, what you have called me to do, let me guide it jealously and understand that I'm living in your sight that means that you can see how I'm carrying out that assignment that you've given to me then he goes on and says and oh thy servant lord prepare that means prepare me because I have a strict account to give ladies and gentlemen I'm emphasizing again that if you think that god has left you here on earth after saving you for you to have one jolly good party think again there is a charge that you and i have to keep and there is a charge that we must take seriously and there is work that we must get to and commit ourselves into doing I don't know what else to say to you. I don't know how else I can explain it to you. I don't know how I can say it strongly enough for it to sink into your heart and into your soul. That God has an expectation of you. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift up your hand and say, I have been saved to save. Hallelujah. Amen. And there are two categories of people that God wants to use you to save. There are those who don't know Jesus at all. There are lost souls who are headed straight for hell. And God wants us to preach the good news to them. And save them. But the second category are people who were believers but and have fallen away. And God wants to use us to restore those people as well. And that is part of the mission of this church. Our mission is to win souls and to restore lives so usually when Pastor James is introducing the service where he says welcome to the shepherd's fold restoration family restoration family that in this church Jesus is the great shepherd he is the shepherd of this church I am just an under shepherd and so are all the other pastors but the real shepherd of the church I said the real shepherd of the church is Jesus Christ that is why I don't use words like my church my church I have been careful not to use that expression it's not my church Me? it is not my church it is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and he is the one who is in charge And he always says when he's introducing this church that we believe that as we lift up Jesus, souls will be won, (inaudible) lives will be restored, (inaudible) needs will be met, and problems will be solved. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands? (inaudible) That is what this church is about To, to win, win. souls and to restore life. And in doing that Needs will be met And problems will be solved And another very important thing About this church that you must never forget is, is that it is a family And it must be a family Now in a family we look out for each other In a family we stand by each other In a family your problem should be my problem Problem. And your needs should be my need. and I'm believing God that that will be one of the cardinal features of this church. Hallelujah. Amen. Said, Hallelujah! Amen. I said, Hallelujah! Amen. I said, Hallelujah! Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we have been saved so that God can use us to save others. So I'm asking you. So what are you doing about that assignment?
0: What
1: are you really, really, really doing about What do you think God thinks about when he looks at us? Is he really happy with us? That he saved us and he's left us here to work through us to save others. Are we really doing what he's called us to do so and what? saved us to do? So what? I cannot answer that question for you. But everybody will have to answer that question for himself or herself. The second other reason for our salvation is that we've been saved because there are good works that God wants us to do. He saved us so that we would do good works which will help advance the kingdom of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 10. I am sharing a very important message with you. It is a message which has very important significance to our lives and it is my responsibility to tell you these mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. one day Paul told a gathering of believers that I have not refrained from telling you everything that I'm supposed to tell and, you. and he said I am innocent of every I'm innocent of people's lives of so their say, blood. Mm-hmm and what he's saying is that I I don't want to get into trouble with God that as a preacher and as a teacher I have told you everything that I'm supposed to tell and what I'm telling you today my friend is of great importance to God and he has charged me to tell you these things and it would be good if you would take heed to these things. And let your Christian life and experience be guided by these things. Can truths. I have an Amen from somebody? Amen. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight to ten. King James Version. King James. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, ah, well, we need, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, God. With God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Ah, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we are God's creation, God. and we are His wet mansion. Now, take note of the ex- expression created in Christ Jesus. That is not talking about your original creation or your birth into this world. But actually, that phrase created in Christ Jesus is describing the born again experience. So, created in Christ Jesus is just explaining that we've been born again in Christ Jesus or through Christ Jesus. But clearly in this verse, it gives us a reason why. And what is the reason there? It says, created in Christ Jesus unto Christ. I cannot hear you unto good works. Unto what? Good works. In other words, one of the reasons for our salvation is that there are good works that God wants us to carry And And that is why when we stand before God, God, once we die as Christians or believers, Our judgment will be before the Bima of the judgment throne of Christ. There are going to be two thrones of judgment. One of them is called the Bima throne of Christ. Then the other one is called the Great White Throne. When we talk about the great white (laughs) throne, That is where the whole world is going to be judged. Particularly those who did not receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And after that judgment, it will be made clear to them why they have to go to hell. So that is the great white throne. You and I will not stand before that great white throne. But you and I will stand before the Bema judgment seat of Christ. And the purpose of that judgment is not to determine whether we should be allowed into heaven or not. The purpose of that judgment is to assess how we lived our lives and the works that we did. And that is why Revelation chapter 14, and verse 13, says And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yes, saith the Spirit. That they may rest from their labors. Can you read the last sentence with me? Ready? Go. And their works do follow them. Say what? Say what? And their works mm. do follow them. Do follow them. So it's talking about those who die where? In the laws. That means you die as a Christian where or you die as, as a believer. And it says, and their works do follow so them. And so when you link this scripture to what I read earlier in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. It makes it clear to us that God has saved us to do some good works. Now, good works do not save you. But after you are saved, there are good works that you are supposed to do and that is why when you read Revelation chapter 2 chapter 3 in the letters that Jesus Christ wrote to the seven churches in Asia Minor there is a statement that you see there repeated in many places and that statement is I know thy works I know thy works i know thy works (inaudible) what works is god expecting us (inaudible) works of love (inaudible) works of compassion (inaudible) works of kindness (inaudible) helping others let me tell you something (inaudible) we do not just affect people by our preaching And by our teaching. But we can also affect them through our good works. And there are some people what affects them or impresses them. It's not your plenty talking. It's your working. It is your working. You got to show working. And the reason why sometimes people do not want to respond to the gospel that you are preaching to them is because they don't see any good works from you. three more days. The literal translation is what? Your head is head. Your head hard. inside is heart you don't help anybody when you are in a position to help somebody you don't help the person some of the most wicked people you can ever find on the face of the earth are Christians we never stretch a hand to help another person When somebody is in trouble, will not lend a helping hand. Don't know how to show kindness and compassion. Don't know how to show love. And you live in a community. You work in an office. There are people under your power. You don't don't know how to show kindness one of the signs of greatness is your ability to show kindness to people who are in a bad situation it's one of the greatest measures of greatness it's one of the reasons why God is great for while we were yet sinners while we were yet sinners. That's when he showed us the greatest demonstration of love. <laughs> that Jesus Christ came to die. To us. And he's expecting us to carry out works of love. Works of kindness. Works of compassion. In the Christian world, what we do is we shoot the wounded. Oh, yeah.
2: yes.
1: We kill our wounded. When you watch war films, <laughs> Like Delta Force. He said Delta Force. Missing in action. Missing in action. Pearl Harbor. And all of that. In these war films, one of the things that you will often see is how soldiers will lay their life down on the line in order to save a wounded soldier. But in the church of the Lord Jesus, Christ, we kill them. We shoot them. We bomb them. We hurt them. We harm them. us. As a shame to us, and God has left us here to do good works, including to show kindness and compassion. The Bible says, Who maketh thee to differ from another? <laughs> Who maketh thee to differ from another? So, if you see somebody in an unfortunate situation. He's expecting you to show love. To show kindness. And all around us are people. They are looking for a little love. They are looking for a little kindness. That old woman who lives next to you. So can't you see how she's struggling even to get something to eat? So where are your good works? Anyway. Where are your good works? You can't show a little kindness. So one of the reasons why he's left us here is so that we can do good works. Then the last two, so that will be the salt of the earth. And so that will be the light of the world. Matthew 5, 13 to 16. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor. Wherewith shall it be salted? It is dense for good for nothing. But to be cast out and to be trodden under foot. Of pain. The next verse. Ye are the light of the well. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hit. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house verse 16 let your light so shine before me that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven one of the reasons is why he's left us here so that we can be the salt of the earth and the light of the world what is salt used for salt is used for preservation so if you are the salt of the earth it means that there are lives that you're supposed to present what else is salt useful so if we are the salt of the earth, it means that in your earth and in your well, you are supposed to add taste to somebody's life. You're supposed to make somebody's life nicer eating food without salt is different from eating food with salt somebody can serve you some very nice food but because salt no day inside the chopping of the food is a very difficult thing how many can understand what I'm saying and God has left you and I here to make a difference to add flavor to people's life. To make people's lives nicer. To make people's lives a little more tasty. To preserve people's lives. And he says, We are the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. But when he saves us, he's expecting us to reflect his light and every one of us is supposed to shine the light of Jesus wherever we are your world is just that environment or space that you operate in and there are different kinds of lights some lights are greater some lights are lesser But everybody who is a child of God Has some light that you must let shine Light gives vision Light gives warmth Light brings healing Light brings cheerfulness Have you not realized that when the light goes off the whole place is dull. But then when the light comes on, what do you hear?
2: That
1: is the effect you must have in your world and in your community. That because of your presence in that community, that community will become a better. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. These are the other reasons why God has saved us and so I end because our time is up but let the song ring in your heart tell your neighbor let your light shine tell your neighbor it may be little but let it shine I'm sure you know the song this little light of mine
2: I'm gonna let it shine. Stand to your feet. This little light. Mine. I'm gonna let it shine.
1: You, Father, for your word, I have done what you asked me to do, and I've preached what you laid on my heart to preach. The rest of it has to be done by your spirit. May your Holy Spirit cause this message to continue ringing in the hearts and in the minds of your people. May your spirit help our infirmities. And from this message, may we experience a revolution. May we rise up and embrace the ministry of reconciliation that you've given unto us. May we rise up and affect the world around us. Let our light shine no matter how little it is. And use us, oh God, for your glory and for your honor use us to affect many lives around us, cause us to become instruments of salvation to many others in the name of Jesus. May we never forget this message. May we not just hear it, but may we be doers of your word in Jesus' mighty name. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, this morning I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your heart to Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are the reason why he came to die. He said he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. You may be here physically present. You may be watching me over the net but I want to give you an invitation to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior as every head is bowed as every eye is closed you want to give your heart to Jesus I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are God bless you and I'm going to pray for you today lift up your hand very clearly don't think about whoever is standing by you God bless you I see your hand now if you've lifted your hand I don't want you to change your mind I want you to walk from where you are And come and meet me right in front here I see your hand Come to me right now Come right now If you lift up your hand Come to Jesus Stand right in front here And face me Your clapping is not good. It's not good. Come to Jesus Come to Jesus God bless you. I'm going to leave you in a simple prayer. And if you want Jesus to come into your heart and you're watching me, please pray this prayer alongside. Say this prayer with me, my friends. Close your eyes. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, This morning, I come to you just as I am Oh God I thank you that you love me because you love me you sent Jesus to die for me today in response to your love I give you my heart I give you my life Please receive me as your child. From today, I am yours and you are mine. Please write my name in the book of life. I thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. I know that as I have come to you you will not reject me. Thank you Father for saving me. I am saved. I
2: am saved. I am a child of God. I am born again. Thank you Father in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.